Welcome to Share Truth Apply Scripture. I am Jordan Shambly, joined this time and usually as always by Cedra Sarton. People are going to be real confused by yeah, that. Yeah, I know. That was a crazy statement. But some, <laughs> most of the time, you're you're the co-host. Yeah. Last time, you weren't. I know. I got bumped. Yeah. Well, it was weird. I, the thing is, is like um, we, we kind of made an agreement for everyone listening that we'll try to keep it to mm-hmm. three people max yeah. on the show just because like... Too, have, too many voices. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not it's it's not even just that. I mean, yeah. like we've had other programs that have, you know, that have more voices than that or, you know, that have four or five sometimes. But um, you only have 30 minutes. Exactly. That's, no one gets the chance to talk. And speaking of which, I'm going to uh, wrap this up by saying <laughs> if you want to know more about Engage Magazine and what we do, mm-hmm. you can go to EngageMagazine.net. You can check out other packages podcast and you can also um read all the articles that are there and we have a youtube channel facebook twitter instagram so go there engagemagazine.net absolutely and we are entering the end of the year next year next year is going to be a little different for us here at engage um i mentioned this uh in the episode of uh by design that i was in with uh wesley um, which is another radio program that uh, AFR uh, publishes. And uh, uh, we are going to be merged with um, The Stand, which is AFA's online blog, yeah, and the AFA Journal, which will become The Stand as well. So we're all going to yeah. be one big happy family, no. all the writers together, and Cedra. And Cedra. <laughs> <laughs> Not writer. But I will go yeah. ahead and say for anybody who, I know that the journal has a large audience. Mm-hmm. So if you get the, if you receive the AFA Journal and you're very concerned about the change, mm-hmm. you will not, the only change that you will have is, oh, well, more content, yeah. but also the title, the front will no longer say the AFA Journal. That's it. It'll be the stand. And the stand. And also yeah. there will be a, an engaged presence in each mm-hmm. one. But yeah. we are not taking away from the content that you're used to. That will all that will all remain the yes. same. You know. Well, that being said, all the announcements out of the way, I would like <laughs> so, to welcome to the studio again, Chris Woodward. Hey. Hey. Thank you for having me back. I, I love these like, episodes. <laughs> I feel like it's been a while, Chris. How long is it? I mean, like we've had a lot of things come up, a lot of interviews and between Orange Letter and then yeah. Operation Christmas Child, which we which we did. Mm-hmm. I would say about a month. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, we try to keep it at that, Somewhere but for some there. reason, I guess because it's been so busy. <laughs> In this or, news cycle, two days feels like a week. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it oh just feels like it's been longer. And we normally do like a month to six weeks. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we try to keep it within that range and it just feels like it's been forever. Yes. (laughs) It has been. But during that time, so you've been very busy Mm -hmm. keeping up with everything. What are the, what are the things that we need to know as young Christians? Well, the big story this week has been the legal challenges to President Biden's mandate Mm -hmm. for millions of private sector workers to get COVID shots or test negative as a condition Mm -hmm. of employment. Uh, Somewhere in the neighborhood of about three dozen lawsuits or legal challenges have been filed. Mm. Uh, You had the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals telling the Biden administration, you can't do this right now, issuing a temporary stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in recent days, the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals was chosen as the place where all the challenges are going to be heard uh, going forward. And those challenges include 
uh, lawsuits from news outlets like the Daily Wire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you also have Southern Baptist Theological Seminary uh, challenging this. American Family Association mm-hmm. is challenging uh, right. the mandate as well, saying not only does the administration not have the legal authority to do this, but it is a major violation of one's religious freedom rights mm-hmm. to force this on religious uh, employers, for example. So we're mm-hmm. going to be hearing and talking a lot about these kinds of cases going forward. The rule was scheduled to take effect in January, but given how the Fifth Circuit has ruled um, in recent days, uh, it could be beyond that before we even get it to to go into effect, assuming courts actually allow the uh, Biden administration to do what it wants to do. And, um, you know, it's very uh, very up in the air as to whether or not smaller businesses might have to comply. So a lot of things are kind of hanging in the balance here, and that's really been the story that's dominated a lot of my day-to-day uh, news observations. Right. Yeah. There, there's something that I see a lot in in our generation and the generations after us, and that is the, the word comply used there yes. goes along with it, where they just, the government says something, and so they're like, oh, well, they say we need to get this shot, so I guess I better go get my shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not... I'm not anti-vax in any way, so people, people, please mm-hmm. do not come for me over this. <laughs> um, but I do think there is something completely wrong about forcing me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, making medical mm-hmm. decisions like that for me when you know I may have my reasons why I should or should not get the shot. Um, really, I, I guess that's none of your business. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. well, and and that and that is usually the stance that you know. People on our side, I guess I'll say, will take is that this is a personal decision. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, yeah. the government does not have any authority to tell me what to do in that case. And um, and, and to your point about you know this young generation, the couple you know millennials and Gen Z, mm-hmm. um, this has been presented to us as a moral issue. Mm-hmm. And in this climate, this cultural climate, mm-hmm. um, what is dictated to us as a moral issue is something that you cannot be neutral on or keep in your own personal life. It has to be something that you declare. Right. You have to choose a side. It has to be one of two sides. You can't you know, take the best of both or whatever you want to do. You can't mix and match here. You have to be one or the other. Right. And then you are put into this predetermined role of you are a societal bad guy mm-hmm. or a societal <laughs> good guy. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's a terrible situation. And then you get canceled and then you get canceled yeah now i do want to point out that a lot of the people uh i can't speak for everybody but Mm -hmm. a lot of the people uh whose names or news outlets we would recognize challenging this mandate a lot of them have said hey i'm not anti-vax yeah Uh, this is not about the shot it's about whether or not you have the power to kind of do this Mm -hmm. uh to various people uh there are people here at afa that have chosen uh to get the shot uh jeremy boring the uh, co-founder and co-ceo of the daily wire said in a press conference, I've been vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this is not uh, within the government's um, legal, legal authority to do this. Dr. Albert Moeller with the seminary, as I mentioned, uh, he himself uh, admitted to having gotten the shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it's an issue of whether or not the government can kind of do this. And one thing you have to pay attention to here is, let's say a court maybe a federal appeals court or even the Supreme Court says Joe Biden can do what Joe Biden wants to do here. Um, There's nothing to stop this president or some future administration from saying, you know what, because the government is so heavily invested in health care, everybody uh, that works for private sector employees, everybody that works for private sector businesses needs to drop 20 pounds. Uh, because uh, obesity is a national pandemic. Right. Uh, there's nothing to stop um, 
this administration or some future one from saying there's a climate emergency and mm-hmm. we need to cut down on how much power we use or how many people we have uh, in one place driving to and from, stuff like that. And I know that sounds kind of far-fetched, but every decision made by a court is something a lawyer or legal firm can point to in the future yeah. as reason for this or that. Mm-hmm. So it will happen, uh, but again, it all hangs on what the um, Supreme Court is uh, going to yeah. do here. And it, it will eventually get to the Supreme Court. I, I don't think, I can't imagine a world in which uh, the high court, the highest in the land, would not uh, issue a de- uh, decision of some sort here. So that has been really the big uh, thing that has dominated a lot of our attention uh, this week. And there are some other stories uh, that you can read as well at our website, afn.net. One thing I wanted to bring to your guys' attention, and we talked about this one of the last times that I was on the program with when Kendra was guest hosting, uh, there has been a lot of research as to where exactly young people, millennials, Gen Z, uh, are on societal issues. Maybe are they leaning towards socialism? Or are they more towards capitalism? Where are they with uh, alternative lifestyles? Things like that. And in recent days, uh, researcher George Barna came out with some information uh, that finds while most millennials view Jesus and the Bible as at least a little positive, nearly a third of millennials identify as LGBT, and 75% Hmm. of them admit to searching for a sense of purpose in life. I brought this in today because, as we talked about with Kendra last time, a lot of churches are kind of getting together and figuring out what exactly they're going to try to do to reach people in the coming year. Mm -hmm. Here we have a number of people that um, really need some help. Mm -hmm. And the best way that we can help them is to reach out to them in love and try to reach them on all kinds of issues, not just the LGBT issues, but yeah. uh, various things with the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Well, right now there are so many uh, quote-unquote churches whose way of reaching out to people in different lifestyles is to affirm and condone them. Mm-hmm. And that is not, when we say reach out, uh, we mean love them yeah. and, and love them like Jesus, but that does not mean to affirm or condone their behavior and that's what we see now where we have churches that are allowing uh you know that are that are holding all kinds of things Mm -hmm. and they're in inside their walls and you know nothing it things that go against what scripture yeah teaches us you know yeah and and two like the, the 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 one the part that kind of resonated a little bit with me was looking for a sense of purpose mm-hmm. um and i i see that too because it, like like Cedra, you were saying about how the churches are condoning these these sinful lifestyles and and um even in some cases you know bending over backwards to make excuses how they are not unbiblical and right. uh, and you know just this outright heresy but also you know even if a church is conservative in regards to you know sexual preference and all of that um and, and biblically founded in that there are a lot of churches that present you know things like you know Incre- increasing your you know spirituality, mm-hmm. you know, increasing even your health and wealth and all these things as the purpose that God has for you. Um, and so I feel like that's a failure, particularly of the Western American church uh, th- that I can see is that we're presenting the American dream. Right. As mm-hmm. this is what God has for you. This mm-hmm. is the plan that God has for you. This is your purpose. You need to thrive in this way. And, and you know, instead of presenting God, this is your purpose. This yeah. is your great gift that he's giving you is himself. 
um, and finding purpose in that. Um, there, it just seems like there's a lot of disconnect. Yeah. There's a couple of things here, I think. Number one, you have a lot of pastors and churches that choose not to delve into these issues. Mm-hmm. But also you have congregants that don't realize the Bible touches on a lot of these topics. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. they're biblically illiterate and they don't realize that they're only hearing half the story or a fraction of it when they go and hear one of these uh, feel-good sermons, uh, I'll call it. You know, mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes tells us that really kind of the meaning or purpose of life is to fear God, mm-hmm. meaning respect, and obey his commandments. Um, Corinthians, uh, Paul addressed a number of issues, uh, wrongdoings, um, yeah. sinful behaviors that uh, the church at Corinth was doing there. Um, you know, there's a lot of um, corrections uh, that uh, Paul and Peter and the other uh, apostles uh, touched on mm-hmm. uh, throughout there for churches to do. So, really, it's kind of our responsibility to um Make sure that we are where we need to be, but also that our churches are worshiping and conducting themselves in the way that God wants those churches to be. And really, the best way for you to figure out what it is that God wants for you and your church is to get in the Word. Mm-hmm. Don't don't settle for this show to be your church. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't uh, you know? Don't say, "Well, I listened to Christian radio this week and I heard some praise and worship songs. I heard some good messages. I'm good." Yeah. No, we all need more Bible, myself included. And so, really, we need to kind of let's look at how Jesus dealt with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did the apostles uh, instruct congregants to deal with issues in their church? And uh, the best way you can do that is to get in the Word. Mm. There was an interesting quote from George Barna here. He talked about how it's it's our responsibility to reach out to millennials. Uh, and one of the uh, quotes from George here says, "For us to fail to strategically respond would be to a would be to squander an opportunity to serve God and His people." Mm. So there is a mission field right here for churches all across America. Um, it's not thousands of miles away. It doesn't cost uh, you a lot of money in terms of donations and yeah. funds and stuff like that. Everybody has a millennial or Gen Z person in their midst, mm-hmm. uh, and you can reach out to them, get to know them, maybe form a small group if your church doesn't already have one. Yeah. Uh, make sure that they are where they need to be in terms of the Bible, their living right. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, we also, as uncomfortable as this is, we also need to make sure that we are living right. Mm-hmm. Because we are oftentimes the only Bible that some people see. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you are only uh, three books of the Bible instead of all of them, you're not really giving everybody That's the great. full picture. Yeah, I mean, this this really is an issue about, you know, this is discipleship and, a, I mean, a lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're seeing here, when we talk about a, a response to this issue in particular, what you have is, I mean, millennials aren't all very young anymore. Uh, most of, a, a lot of the older millennials are about 40 yeah. at, at this point. Mm-hmm. But Gen Z in particular, I'm thinking, there's not a lot of discipleship going on, like effective, actual discipleship. Sure, there's, you know, a lot of small groups getting together, having fun, you know, reading the Bible, you know, having a prayer time, singing some songs. But is there the sitting down across from a young person and really getting to know them where they are in their life? What are the particular issues they're struggling with and then applying biblical truth to those things. Yeah. That's really what discipleship is. It's not just a vague sense of, oh, we'll just spend time, positive Bible time with them. Mm-hmm. It's, well, let's dig deep and really, you know, 
bear our souls here and you know even show our own shortcomings i think if your feelings aren't hurt a little bit during yeah. some of your bible studies <laughs> then you're not you're not doing it correctly i mean either they're, that they're, you're or you're a perfect christian yeah. <laughs> then please come check my let me meet you if yeah, you're a perfect right. christian yes. uh, because i mean i can't tell you the number of times in bible study or in church where the the pastor will just sometimes mm. not even say anything in particular on their own they'll just read a certain verse and I'm like mm. oh god that hurt yeah. I'm sorry god <laughs> you know I'm sitting there I'm like praying mm. like to I like oh that hurt my feelings god yeah that hurt my feelings you got me on that way you know and mm. if it's not hurting your feelings cuz I know people today hate to have their feelings hurt yeah. you know yeah yeah it, that that but that's but that's where those hard places that's where you're going to where you're going to see an impact really because that's what those are the things that need to change and be mm. affected yeah. Um, you know, just a bit of advice here. Um, some churches can't do this. They don't yeah. necessarily have the manpower or mm-hmm. maybe even the congregational makeup, if that's the sure. term to use yeah. here. Uh, but I know, um, you know, in a lot of churches uh, that can do something like this, generally you'll have a class for people that uh, maybe are right out of college, maybe they're newly married, and that's between the youth class mm-hmm. and the one that uh, might be for your parents' age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes, uh, due to a number of reasons, none of which are bad, not all of which are bad, uh, you'll have churches where they'll have, you know, a youth group class, but then it's the boomers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think one yeah, one thing church, that yeah the church I grew up in was that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one thing that young people uh, would appreciate is to have somebody that looks like them, mm-hmm. uh, somebody that they can relate to. So maybe try to get something like that going, mm-hmm. or at least uh, come up with a plan to do something like that yeah. to try to bring in the young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in the not too distant future, we're going to be the ones uh, in charge of things. I do want to point out here, and I'm not sure why Mr. Borna did this, but mm-hmm. he defines millennials in this report as people born from 1984 through 2002. Hmm. And that's a definition that differs from uh, a number of other research groups. Right. Uh, a lot of people kind of early on define millennials as people born in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Other definitions I've seen over the years say 81 to 98. Hmm. Some people say 82 to 96. Hmm. Uh, either way, uh, we're talking about young people. And, uh, you know, again, they, they need Jesus mm-hmm. uh, and we can be Jesus to them. But uh, we need to make sure that we're actually doing what Jesus wants us to do yeah. uh, first. Yeah. Well, and I want to tell you, too, um, when you were talking about things that churches can do, one of the things that popped in my, my mind that was beneficial to me as a young Christian moving from a, one church to another, because um, the, the first church would have been, it was, it was the model that we're kind of familiar with. You have your youth group, maybe a gap in between, and then you have your, you know, old people. <laughs> yeah. um, but what was beneficial going into the, the next church in my life at that point, um, they didn't have that sort of model. You had children and then you had young, you had adults mm-hmm. and young mm-hmm. adults were a part of that. So if you listener are in any sort of position, or you can influence this in any way and you feel led, led to do so. It's very powerful to open the doors to that older group, that older group gathering mm-hmm. to 15 plus year old Christians yeah. um, mm-hmm. and bring them in. And, you know, what that what that makes them feel like is they have high expectations for me. They're honoring me by including me and counting me among their number, you know, and they're yeah. treating me like an adult. They're taking my spiritual needs seriously. And what you'll see, I think, is you know, attitudes perk up, ears perk up. They're going to listen. You know, they're just going to, they're going to feel 
like this is something that's serious going mm-hmm. on. This isn't little little kid time anymore. Yeah. yeah. I will say a lot of times I've noticed that these youth groups, I'm not saying they're bad, sure. but sometimes they're so separated from the rest of the congregation of yeah. the church. They don't know how to be a part of the rest of the church because mm-hmm. they're, they're, it's like they're their own completely separate thing. Instead mm-hmm. of instead of, instead of of that just being a time to break them apart, to get down on their level for a little while, you know, it, it's now become an entirely different church going on. Yeah. And... Uh, and then sometimes the adults look at them and they're like, oh, little little kids. And I'm like, I guess to you they kind of are, but yeah. they um, <laughs> they can do more than you think if you would believe you know believe yeah. that they yeah. can and give them the opportunity mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. A good example of that, um, you know, uh, there are a number of young people, uh, I've always called them in the Bible, and I'm talking about like Naaman's handmaid, mm-hmm. uh, the little boy that gave up his lunch, uh, the story of David begins when he's uh, a teenager, yeah. mm-hmm. somewhere around in there. Uh, and, you know, oftentimes uh, young people made a huge difference uh, when uh, either put in a situation mm-hmm. or given an opportunity. Yeah. So that, yeah. that I think, builds off of uh, what you're talking about here. Uh, Timothy was also a young person when Paul met him, uh, mm-hmm. and Paul had some, you know, instruction for him that, hey, don't let anybody kind of count you out or ignore you based on your age. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, don't let that be uh, an issue. You know, be an example either way. Um, so, yeah, there are a lot of uh, people out there, but, again, you got to reach them, uh, and you got to know what you're talking about so you don't mislead them. Mm-hmm. And I think these are, you know, these are um, these are things that we can discuss as churches and uh, maybe get something going here in 2022, yeah. assuming uh, that we're all still here in 2022. We'll see. <laughs> There's a lot. It sounds very hopeful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that again, discipleship, that is um, if you are going to disciple someone, you are going to be a conduit of, you know, God's grace to mm-hmm. them. Right, you are going to be a means of grace to them, and what that means is you have to be plugged in. You have to be plugged into the Word. You have to be have an active prayer life. And let me tell you, th- those are some. It sounds very simple, but those are some tough things to keep up. So, what I'm saying is, to be an effective Christian, you're going to be very busy. Really, you're going to be very busy uh, in the Word, in prayer, and then inputting that into someone else's life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My advice is, uh, you know, this is kind of, um, I started doing research a few nights ago for another Bible reading plan, Mm -hmm. uh, one that's different from the one that I've done uh, for a couple of times now. And, um, you know, these are things that maybe you can um, plan out. Uh, Maybe make make a list if you're that kind of person. Uh, Bible reading plan, uh, pray more, figure out how to reach more people my age, all these kinds of things. Uh, Because, you know, it could be you that the Lord is looking to use um, to reach people, uh, not necessarily the elders at your church who were actually tasked with these things. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, young Christians are watching you. Um, if, if, if you are an older Christian at all um, and you have, you know, connections with younger Christians, they are watching you. Yes. And, and what you are doing is you are saying, hey, by the way that you live, by the way that I'm living, this is what I believe about God. Yeah. And they're going to learn about him from you, from mm-hmm. the way that you're living, from the way you're interacting with the news, how you're acting in fear or in hope, whatever. What you, how you live is saying a lot about what you believe about God. Bingo. And that mm-hmm. was another interesting quote from um, 
Barna here. You know, a lot of people have kind of talked about millennials as being lightning rods for social change. And uh, <laughs> yeah. um, Barna mentions here, you know, millennials had no intention of becoming lightning rods for social change. This is interesting. <laughs> millennials are largely the product of the unaddressed dysfunctions of mm. the generations that came before them. Hey. <laughs> See, it's not our fault. Yeah, <laughs> it's not easy being a lightning rod. I'm, I'm changing all of my bios on all my social media now, and it's just going to say unaddressed dysfunction. Exactly. Across there. If you're older than me, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, no. our generation, we do a lot of mm. us like to blame, uh, hey. compl- just just yeah. blame our old, <laughs> the, yes. our parents and the ones before them for for all the things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a lot of them don't want to own up to their own half of it, but whatever, sure. you know. Yeah, you never see anybody in, uh, I, I don't know, um, Second Kings blaming it on the people that messed it up in the wilderness, you know. Right, exactly. Way to go. <laughs> well, uh, but uh, that's all in joking, obviously. If, if, if you're an older Christian, please, I did not mean it. <laughs> you know, don't, nah. don't, don't send me an email at uh, engage FAQ at AFA.net uh, complaining and trying to get me, you know, off the air here. Um, <laughs> but if but. you have any any words to say mm-hmm. as to topics or things you would mm-hmm. like to hear about on this radio program, please do send an email to that. Yeah. To that email that was just mentioned. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, again, uh, we have just like a couple of minutes here. Yeah. Uh, Chris, is there any last last things that we need to cover before we're, we take the show out? Well, I think it would all uh, I think it would be good for us to pray for uh, you know, business owners uh, and, yeah. and workers exactly. right now. There's a lot of business owners that uh, are struggling to get and keep employees. Yeah. There are a lot of people who do want to work and they are putting in the time and energy and effort, uh, sometimes overtime, uh, to have mm-hmm help out uh, at their job. But there's only so many people, there's only so many, um, you know, mm-hmm. things you can do before you're just wore out and you got to you gotta have some rest. So yeah. I think it would be good uh, to, to pray for everybody. And certainly we want to pray for our leaders. Uh, I know from time to time we all have our disagreements with uh, elected officials, RSDs, ILs, what have you, uh, and I's. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they are in positions of authority. Um, let us, you know, pray that they would have wisdom and make the actual yeah good, right decisions that benefit everybody, not just those that some special interest group mm-hmm. or what have you uh, demands. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, as we uh, as we approach the end of a year and the beginning of a new one, let's get into that habit yeah. of uh, doing what God wants us to do. And God does want us to pray for, among other things, our elected leaders. But, you know, mm-hmm. let's uh, figure out how maybe we can help be a blessing to uh, those around us, be it an employer mm-hmm. uh, or someone that's uh, really, you know, working around the clock to make sure uh, things are being made things are being sold, things are being distributed across the country because it's not easy. Uh, And I think as we have learned from the 2020 situation, uh, you know, be nice to everybody because everybody's going through something. Yeah. Uh, well, amen to that, and thank you for being on with us today. Thank uh, you. Where can people go to find your stuff? Yes, <laughs> AFN.net. That is the newly renamed mm-hmm. website for our news service here. It used to be OneNewsNow.com. It has since been rebranded American Family News to match the radio side of things. And the website, again, is AFN.net. AFN.net. Well, thank you, Chris. Uh, and until next week, guys, continue to share truth and apply scripture. <laughs> <laughs>